stoppage time. And space here for Haaland so he can complete the hat-trick. He's got support, but he'll go alone, will he? No, he tees up. Felix Paslak for his first Bundesliga goal. And that is a sparkling moment of unselfishness, as you will ever find. Haaland on a hat-trick turns it down to tee up a teammate. A goal that will mean a lot to Paslak and Dortmund lead 4-0. All right, welcome to another edition of the Ultimate Borussia Podcast. We are live. Yes, we are. So, big weekend for the Black and Yellow, eh? Yep, big big weekend for us and crazy weekend for other teams. I shall say. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we like. I guess we could start with. Uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No. No. You. You can. You can. <laughs> you can say. It. I. I. I know that you have so many interesting things to say. <laughs> I was gonna say. I think we should definitely start with um, what turned out to be a damn good prediction on my part of a clean sheet against Freiburg. Um, I knew it was a bold take, and I knew it would. Uh, it, I mean, at the time, to be honest, I wasn't going to be surprised if I was wrong when I said three or four to nothing. But when I got off work and I caught the last like couple minutes of the match and we scored that fourth goal and we still had the clean sheet, I was like, damn, maybe maybe I was on to something. Maybe, maybe there's more to this Borussia Dortmund squad than we thought. Although I will concede, even though we played with the three at the back again, I am still not convinced that that is the right tactic. Um, I I mean, I don't want to discredit Freiburg because they're like, they're a decent team, but I think I think there's a difference in in caliber between a team like Freiburg and obviously a team like Bayern München. I think um, I think if we run three at the back against teams like Freiburg, we'll we'll typically come out on top, and that's mainly because we should come out on top against teams like Freiburg regardless of what formation we use like like I think we have the talent and the players to to get the job done regardless of what the uh, game plan is and I think when it comes to those tougher competitions with teams like Bayern or you know European competitions which I think we should also talk about some future European competitions for Dortmund but before that I think like and like, when we're playing in the Champions League especially um when we get into you know the round of um when we get past the group stage, I don't think that three at the back is something that we can count on. And even in the group stage, especially, you know, when we were in the group of death, I just, I don't see how we could have fared as well with three at the back as we did with four at the back. Like, like, I mean, I'm glad it worked. Don't get me wrong. If it, if it continues to work and we actually make something good out of it, then hell, I'm, I'm all in. But, but I'm concerned about how successful that three at the back can be against teams that are equal or better in caliber and in uh in talent than with Dortmund like like I don't know I'm just glad it worked I I want to see us win more than anything so if that means we have to see some three at the back here and there and you know have a heart attack while we're watching the pregame warm-ups and they're announcing the lineups and they show a three-man formation then so be it but uh, if we're gonna win like I'll take that yeah 
Well, yeah. Well, first, yeah. I think that we can focus first on the positive. And one thing that is sure is that you should continue predicting the games. Like, if you continue having these beautiful predictions, I think we are going to keep winning the next the next few yeah, I mean, games. I'm, I'm now one for one, so yeah. I gotta go, if I go two for two this week, they'll as they say here in the states, I'll be heating up. And uh, if I can go three for three, that would indeed mean I'm on fire. So I guess by the end of the podcast, I'm sure I'll have a prediction for this upcoming weekend. But um, I guess we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait on that till the end. Let's let's talk about the good news from what happened this past weekend for now too. First. Yeah, yeah, especially that the next weekend is in, is an international break, so there will be no games. But um, yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, I think that uh, as you said, I join your point in 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 what you said. I totally agree with the fact that we still did, don't look as strong as we should. And to be honest, most of the goals we scored we scored because of defensive mistakes made by the other team. And as you said, uh, we cannot expect to uh, to win um, or to advance um, to a nice spot in this season Bundesliga with the same uh, with the same uh, formation. Because I think that I watched the whole game and I think that we struggled a lot for the first 35 minutes and we were very boring, very slow. But as um, the first goal came in um, for Borussia Dortmund, as as Marco Reus just picked uh, the uh, Freiburg midfielder, passed it to Reina, who uh, served uh, Erling Haaland, and we know how Haaland is in front of the goal; he's deadly. So, but um, to be honest, uh, I think that we have, as you said, we have all the um, ingredients to to win trophies this season. We just need to use them as they are um, supposed to be used. And um, yeah, also we have like we we had we had a good game in like uh, Reina was very was very good. I think that he was brilliant in the way he he, he played the game. Also, he was very uh, let's say he was very focused on his role. He wasn't trying to do other things other than just you know playing the ball um, forward and trying to make put as many uh, as many passes as possible into the box and that's what what helped the team get uh, the scoreline they got and um, overall the team was very good uh, we didn't see Roman Burke because of uh, probable injury or um, maybe some health issues um, I think that um, as a second goalkeeper Marvin Hitz is a very good one uh, three in the back again uh, very like we we had so many um, like we had so many discussions about that and I don't think I enjoy talking about that shit, but I think that tree in the back is something that we should look again at and try to do something about. I think that um, Guerrero and Munier were very solid. Vitzel was good and nothing special, but he was he was doing his job um, and doing your job is is enough for you to to get some some good some good playing time and Marco Royce was very good um, other than that Giovanni Reina and Erling Haaland totally um, both were uh, men of the match in my opinion uh, and we saw uh, Paslak score as well and that's very good 
uh, for his uh, confidence because he uh, represents the uh, the future for our left and right back positions. Yeah, if we have a left and right back, let's let's assume that in the future we do have a left and right back position. <laughs> yeah, well, we, you know, with, instead of three center backs. <laughs> well, we kind of have them right now because. Yeah, they're they're like uh they're wing backs in a way like they. Well, it's very complicated because we're playing wing backs, but at the same time, we are expecting them to be defending because. Oh, when uh, when there's a, a quick counter, especially what we saw in Augsburg, we were uh, very uh, uh, compromised when it comes to to the to the um, to the left and right hand side. And um, if if you think about uh, Chan or Akanji being as fast as the opposition um, as the opposition's wingers, then you'll be wrong because they're not as fast and. Um, we we need we really need uh, players who are like if you play if you play for example Guerrero as a wing back I can understand that but Munier is not is not a wing back I think that Munier is a good a very good player when it comes to live, to right back but if you play him as a wing back it's you know um, it's like you it's like you using a a player to like fifty percent of you are using like 40 to 50% of his capabilities and then you expect him to fill in the other 50% in a position that's not his. And uh, I, I prefer, uh, for example, a player like Meunier playing in the right back position, now being a wing back and at the same time another um, right, right winger like Hazard or, uh, or Sancho playing in front of him. That will be much more effective than having that that own play that, just that player going up and down the field i don't think it's it's a good it's a good idea but as we said before like coaching staff know more and know better than we do we are just mm, speculating but overall uh, i think that it was a good game hopefully we'll come after we the, the the team will be rested a little bit for those who are not participating in international uh, games um, and I hope we are going to keep up the good work. It was very good. Uh, 4-0, um, very good scoreline. Uh, we were, we climbed up the table. We were 11th, now we're 5th. And we can be easily 2nd by next round and climb. Yeah, keep climbing. Yeah, I would agree. Like, um, there were... there. There were a lot of positives from that match, and I think one thing that stood out to me was the, um, dare I say it, the maturity of Erling Holland. You know, he had, he had, he was already on a brace. He had a great opportunity to score a hat trick, and you know, you would think that a young player who is as prolific in front of goal as he is, he would have taken that final opportunity in and the, like the minutes of the closing minutes of injury time, but he. Um, that he was a that he chose to play the ball over to Paslock, who had yet to score his first Bundesliga goal with the black and yellow. Like, yep. I think I don't know. That shows a lot of maturity, and to me, it reminds me of a point I want to say early or like early early ish in last season, where Marco Royce gave up a penalty kick to he he chose to let Paco Alcacer take it because Paco mm-hmm. had been out he had been missing matches for injury and he had yep. just gotten back but he was struggling to find a scoring rhythm and Royce was kind of like hey 
why don't you take this? And it was his first goal after coming back. And, like, I don't know. That Erling Holland made a similar decision in a game that we were already up 3-0. And he was sitting on a hat trick. Like, I mean, I know it, it probably doesn't mean a lot to many people. Or a lot of people might not have paid too much attention to it. But I think that says a lot about where he's at mentally. And when, at his age, to be at, to have the maturity that he has and to, to show that type of, like, like leadership, I want to call it, and that type of like um, camaraderie with his teammates, with someone like Paslak, who's who's still very young, new to the team, like like I don't know, that just that says a lot to me. And then for Erling Holland to like celebrate the goal with Paslak, like Paslak came over and just gave him the biggest hug I think anyone could give Erling Holland. <laughs> Erling Holland's a big dude, but yeah. he got all he got his arms all the way around him like that. <laughs> I don't know. To me, that was a very like. I don't want to call it touching because that's kind of cliche or cheesy, but like that was that was a good moment for me to see, you know, Dortmund players out there having fun and having fun with each other and like letting everyone get in on the fun. Like that says a lot about, I think, the team's mindset. And so regardless of like whether or not we feel like, you know, the, the coaching staff is making poor decisions tactically or whatever, it that to me showed that the players at the very least they're they're united in their efforts. Like they're they're not no one on this team is in it for themselves. And that is I think something that's extremely important if Dortmund wants to be successful because there are so many players who individually are incredibly talented. And you know, if you get a lot of individually talented players, it can be very easy for egos to collide and for Erling Holland to show that he was able to put his ego aside for the you know, for the sake of the team and for the sake of Paslak and just kind of like letting Paslak enjoy the moment like I don't know I was really happy when I saw that like <laughs> I keep talking about it that's how you know I was happy yeah, about it yeah I also agree with you and most of the fans I was on the reddit on the subreddit um, and it was very like you know uh, the word you were looking for is uh, wholesome if you I think wholesome that's, that's perfect yeah yes. and um, and also I think that in my opinion uh, I think that Haaland was like he knew that it's just the beginning of the season, third game, and he has all season long to score goals, and he knows that he's gonna come on top by the end. So yeah, give, sacrifice one for the team, raise you know the whole team um, uh, morale, uh, or or you know make other people happy, and maybe we'll, we'll see Paslak providing. Uh, passes to Erling Haaland later on. Um, I think that he's in that position where he can play. I think that Pasak is, is a very good player. Yes, we had to loan him because we had quality players in his position. Nor notable mentions Ashraf Hakimi, who, who we miss very much. And <laughs> But yeah, I think that he, he knew that he had all season to score goals. And I think that so many talented goal scorers in the Bundesliga right now. And uh, Erling Haaland is one of them. He's one of the most talented young players in, in all of Europe. And we also and and just just to um like to put things into perspective, uh, Sancho didn't even start. And like imagine how, how the game will be if Sancho was there as well. And we also have Hazard who is injured but who is a very good player in those uh, final third positions. And I mean, another honorable mention for Emery Chan who played a very good game, 
scored a goal and he was very uh, decisive in his um, in his play, in his uh, tackles. Uh, it was very, very good, very central to uh, yeah. the overall. Yeah. And other than that, I think that we did very good. There's not much to say uh, for for this um, for the past fixture, and I think that uh, for the next uh, stage, I think we have. Um, let me check real quick. Yeah, we have Hoffenheim, who are a very strong team this season. Uh, I think they are first in the table, very strong. Uh, they are scoring goals. Hoffenheim was always a team that scored goals and wasn't afraid. To, uh, to receive or to concede and I think that they are uh, very strong this season hopefully we'll be able to um, stop their form and maybe make it to the top of, of the table uh, especially that Bayern mentioned are also picking up steam maybe are also having defensive issues but Lewandowski has just scored a super hat-trick four goals so it's yeah they're not, they're not stopping anytime soon Leipzig are also good um, Augsburg surprisingly they are second in the Bundesliga table very strong t- team Eintracht Frankfurt so we have we have a very um, very strange table this season but yeah the the Smurfs uh, Schalke they are the last poor guys zero points I think they're gonna be relegated this season and yeah I mean we are having we're, yeah I think that as I said uh, at first, so much drama this uh, weekend, not only in the Bundesliga, but also uh, in Premier League. Uh, yesterday, uh, Liverpool lost to Aston Villa 7-2. to And that's huge for a championship team such as Liverpool to lose. And we also had uh, Manchester United who lost to, um, I think it was 5-1. to They lost to... Uh, um, who is that? Tottenham, I think Tottenham Hotspur. So it's like drama everywhere. But that goes to show you that football is, yeah, football is um, very, uh, it's very um, unpredictable. I might say, yeah, like teams that win today might lose tomorrow, and teams that were champions last year might be relegated this year. And that's yeah, that's the spirit of the thing. That's how, that's why it's very exciting. Yeah, I would agree. It's it's you know, I mean, as an American who grew up not even like interested in the sport, I think it's like I can't believe I wasn't interested. It's got it's got everything. You know, it's got a lot of scoring. It's got some games where it's got a lot of defense. It's got other games where you know. Or you got competitive leagues. You've got very bitter rivals. Like, like it's it's really, I don't know. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a crazy year uh, across Europe for uh, football. Yep, I believe so. What what about the MLS? Did did they uh, start yet? Or I'll be honest. I don't even bother following the MLS <laughs> okay. because it's just such a. It's like a joke. It's like I can understand why Americans just aren't interested in soccer because typically the first place they go is the MLS unless they're like born into a soccer family or a a football family as it's called literally everywhere else in the world. Yeah. And, um, I like if the first, like if the first league of football that I was introduced to was the MLS, (laughs) I probably wouldn't have been interested for very long. And 
and and it's kind of sad to me because I think if Americans were exposed to the the quality of football everywhere else in the world, you know, like Americans. The other thing too is Americans love to follow, like they love to be interested in things that Americans are good at. And if Americans aren't good at something, then we just kind of like it's we just pretend it doesn't exist. For example, football. But like I sit here and I I think about like the the few like incredibly talented Americans playing in European football right now. You've got Gio Reyna for Dortmund, Christian Pulisic, who started with Dortmund and is now um, playing at Chelsea. Like, I feel like it's it's growing and it's slowly gaining popularity. Like, like FIFA is a wildly popular video game, even in here in the States. Yep. But it's like, that's when people think about football, that's like the end of it here like it's like oh yeah i play fifa and then that's it it's like haven't you ever been interested in like following your your favorite team in fifa outside of just playing with them in fifa and it's like no i i just like scoring the goals in fifa it's cool it's fun and it's like i don't know i think there's so much more that goes into the game like fifa doesn't give you the whole picture like fifa gives you that instant gratification of scoring goals and doing crazy things and like I think part it kind of also hurts Americans' perception of the game because they like they play a game of FIFA and they're like whoa like FIFA is a place where you can get the craziest goals every game and the coolest skill moves every game and they like they want that to be how the game itself is actually played but like that's just not how real life works like like if you play FIFA and then expect actual football to be a complete replica of that like. I don't know. Like it's it's not a video game. It's far more complicated than that. And I think one thing FIFA does not do well enough is like it doesn't capture the passion and the you know the emotion that that it that the sport of football brings through its fans and stuff. And I think I think slowly but surely Americans are coming around on it, but I don't, I don't know. I hope I hope for the sake of the sport that we end up like that America ends up like picking up on it a little more because like the mls is brutal like there's minor league and like i don't even know if it's i would call it minor league but there's like club football here and or, or club soccer and the the people who are fans of that are like diehard football fans like they actually like they know the sport they love the sport like there's a, a team near me called detroit city fc and they're like not they're not in the mls they almost got an mls bid but to be honest, I think it's better that they're not in the MLS because it. I think the MLS just commercializes everything in the worst way possible. Like it, it turns it from like you know a passion from a, a sport to a spectacle, and I think like that's kind of evidenced by the the way that Detroit City FC's fans are so like I could go on about this, but they're basically like just these like they're the type of football fans you would see in Dortmund at the Yellow Wall, but they're instead they're in Detroit and they're cheering for a Detroit football team. So like, it's something totally different. Yeah, I got it. So like, yeah, I understand, but I think that maybe it's going to change because we've seen so many other competitions change from being like um, commercial competitions to real, to the real deal. And in my opinion, like when you talk about the MLS, it sounds like the like the Qatari uh, championship championship or championship in the Emirates or something like that. 
like where all the old guys, old players go to to uh, to like retire and get yeah. these huge, uh, crazy salaries and just you know in, in their careers. But I think that what's what's helping like um, American uh, so like uh, soccer or football. Uh, international football in America is mostly the uh, players, as you said, the the players who are who are shining in the European um, in the European leagues. Just like you said, there's Reina, there's Pulisic, there's also, um, I think uh, McKinney uh, has just signed for Juventus, which is huge. He was playing for Schalke. He's a midfielder, and um, yeah, I believe that. Um, what's going to push uh, football uh, or soccer uh, fans in the US is mostly the players who are outside uh, of of the of the league of the MLS and also who are playing in in Europe. But yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get in there. I think that um, the mo- the most um, I think that now because. Mass media in the U.S. has started picking up on football since a few years now, and also the World Cup helps uh, make these uh, this sport uh, known in the U.S. I mean, it's it's known everywhere. It's like the first, for the most um, popular sport in the world, but uh, quite not very popular in in the U.S. Um, yeah, well. The only thing that I hear in uh, in movies and and series is so- soccer moms, which is which is a funny term for uh, to, that reminds me of of how uh, Americans perceive soccer, but it's it's funny. Anyway, yeah, I think that uh, yes, we are um, coming back to the Bundesliga. We are um, we are very good. Uh, I think a few adjustments here and there, and we will be um, good to go. Um, hopefully, we'll be able also to advance. We had I, also we didn't we didn't talk about the uh, group stage in the Champions League. The group stage draw. Yeah. We had we had a very good draw. I think I think I have it here. Finally, we had uh, Club Bruges. Uh, we had Lazio, which means we're going to catch up with our friend. Uh, uh, Tiro Immobile, and we had, uh, yeah. yes, and we also have our uh, own Witzel's uh, old team, Zenith St. Petersburg. So, and I think that we we have a good, a very good group. Um, I don't think it's an easy group, but it's way easier than we had la- last season and the season before. Lazio are, yeah, Lazio are very strong. They, all, they also have a good goal scorer in uh, Chiro Immobile. Uh, Club Bruges, we already had faced them before in the Champions League, and they are a very good team. We had difficulties against them. I think the last, the last Dortmund player who scored against Club Bruges was Christian Pulisic, Pulisic in, in, in Belgium, I, I remember. Zenith, not much. We didn't have many games with them. But I think uh, Vitsa is going to give some tips on the, the overall team and how they think. Now they, they, what their philosophy to uh, Lucian Favre is going to help uh, Borussia Dortmund know what they're expecting. 
But uh, as I said, I don't think it's a very. It, I don't. I don't believe it's an easy group, but it's it's very good. I think it's very balanced, and we can come on top of this group easily. Yeah, especially I that. Should, um, I think we should have high expectations, but yeah. we should also not. We shouldn't overlook anybody. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's. That's why I think as well. But this season is going to be very, uh, very busy because we have lots of English weeks, so we're gonna see lots of uh, games during the the week, which is good for the fans. We're gonna watch so many games, but for the players, uh, rotation is very important. So I think that for smaller game, for smaller games, we're gonna see younger players and uh, be involved. So in order to keep uh, the overall uh, team's fitness fresh, and yeah, I think for now we have we have a very good team. Uh, the the uh, the transfer window uh, is not is not closed yet, so I really hope we can see some additions in terms of um, central defense position and also in terms of an attacking position because we see that. Bayern München just signed two very good players, very experienced. They signed uh, Chupo Moting from PSG. And they also signed back on loan uh, Douglas Costa, who is who used to play for them, from Juventus. So they are they are uh, really uh, making big signings because they know that this season is going to be uh, very busy. So I think that um, as the, the transfer window is still open for us, we might, um, we might try to sign uh, more players. What do you, what do you think about signing other players? Do you think we need uh, additions, or do you think that the team is uh, is the depth is very good? Um, I think we, I think we definitely still need to sign someone as a either a backup to Erling Holland or as like a complement to Erling Holland, someone who can push him to. Uh, continue to develop and improve but also someone who god forbid if erling erling holland suffers an injury and has to miss a couple matches like we need right now we don't really have anyone that we can throw in to replace him and we or like the people that we would use the players we would use to replace him they're a different style of play than erling holland like erling holland is the closest thing we have to a true number nine and i think we we would benefit greatly from signing someone who can also fill that role because I, it's not that I think Thorgan Hazard or Julian, Julian Brandt or, you know, Marco Royce that they can't play striker, but I think we can sign someone better at striker. Yeah. I think in my opinion, Erling Haaland is a real number nine. Is he's, he's a, um, a modern number nine. He is, uh, he's as good as, I think that he, with with the with the years, he's going to be to become as good as Lewandowski, if not better. I think he has he has what he takes. He's a very good player when it comes to managing his uh, ball control, and he's very fast, and he also he's also very clinical. And as you said, um, maybe if God forbid, if he's not fit or if he picks up uh, an injury. We need the backup, and his backup right now is Marco Roy, so he's also injury prone. So I think that, in my opinion, we will need another uh, striker, uh, an experienced one, maybe 25 years and older, 
and someone also who can compete for and who can push Haaland to do his best. Uh, and um, other than that, yeah, other than that, I think we are good to go. I don't know if you have any other. Um, for me, it's yeah. I I I think I talked a lot about <laughs> everything. I don't know if yeah. I you... think yeah. Uh, I think we hammered home the important points. Yep. Yeah. Well, yes. So I'll let you. I'll let you finish this one. <laughs> All right. Well. Um, since we have a week off, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna hold off on making any predictions right now for the Hoffenheim Dortmund match. Got to uh, keep it. If we're gonna keep my predictions consistent, we got to keep the timing consistent. So I'll wait till uh, next week to make a prediction for the following weekend's um, match with Hoffenheim. This we have that match on the 17th. As you said, we have the international break this weekend. Um, I. I think um, we should continue to remain optimistic about what we can do this season and keep our hopes up, but don't let our hopes, don't expect too much because I don't want anyone to feel like that if we don't win the title, you know, it's it's a failed season. I think that there are other measures of success we can look for this season. And right now, I think it's best if we take it one game at a time. As we've already seen, sometimes if we get ahead of ourselves, we can struggle a little more than we should. And let's continue to ride the positive energy and the good vibes that we got from the 4-0 uh, clean sheet with um, with Freiburg this past weekend. And let's wish all of our players can stay healthy. And let's hope maybe we see a little variation in the... Uh, tactical on the tactical side of things but we can stay positive regardless and um i guess enjoy the international matches that we can catch this weekend i don't know if much is going to be on television here in the states i haven't really looked for looked into it but um yeah i mean i feel good about our club our team right now i feel good about the players i liked what i saw and i think that pretty much sums up all there is to talk about from this past weekend um yeah, that's all I got. So thank you guys for tuning in. We will catch you in another week. Thank you, guys. Have a nice evening.